Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey there, kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, Darla Jethro Powell. I'm the grand high poobah of all things here at Wingnut Social, a digital marketing agency for home pros. And today we have a terrific show for you. Oh my gosh, my conversation with today's guest, Heather Hansen of Advocate to Win, was mind-blowing on a lot of levels. I mean, Heather told me things in a way I was like, what? How have I never thought of this before? It's so simple, staring me right in the face, but it took Heather to open up my eyes to the beauty of what is about to come. (laughs) So you're going to want to stay tuned for that conversation, of course. But first, y'all know the drill. I have to tell you about her. Heather Hansen is a best-selling author and keynote speaker. She was a trial attorney for 20 years, and now she combines her experience in the courtroom with her psychology degree, mediation training, and her time as a television anchor to help audiences across the world build belief and win. Folks, She's amazing. You're really going to love the show. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Heather Hansen to the show. Hey there, Heather Hansen. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? Darla, I am so good and I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to have you here. In in the green room, we were talking about you and I have a, a common thread. Well, a few common threads, but one in particular is you're actually going to be the MC at Luann Nagara's Luann Live event in November. I am. I'm really looking forward to it. And I've never emceed an event like this one for as long as this event is going to be. And I'm going to have to do some real exercise <laughs> and eat well in the week leading up to it so I don't fall over in the middle. So my myself and my ex-wife actually emceed her very first one in New Jersey. And uh, my secret, and here's a tip for you, is whiskey. <laughs> I like that tip. <laughs> that that helped me tremendously. I was so nervous. I had never done, uh, done public speaking really before that. So maybe I don't know. You can listen to me mess up here. But yeah, I was so nervous. And it's it's high energy, but it's so much fun. You're gonna you're gonna really enjoy it. It it is a lot though. It is a lot. I love that audience, this audience. And so yeah. for me, that part of it I think will fill my <laughs> cup as much as it depletes my cup as well, you know, at the end of yeah. the yeah. day, you're feeling sort of done, but I just love working with interior designers. And so it's going to be great. Same. Yeah, I, I loved it. It was great. And I made so many, so many good friends there that are still friends, you know, even though I haven't been out live and in person in like three years now, yeah. <laughs> I should probably get out. It's, Introverted extroverts, we're in agreement. That's that right. Is what and we are. I think COVID made us more so, at least for me. You know, yeah. I used to, I, I do quite a bit of speaking, so that makes me get out. But I used to get out on purpose <laughs> a lot more often than I do now. <laughs> you know, I, I think you're right. I don't get out a lot. And I think we've I've gotten spoiled from just working at home and sitting behind my desk and not having to go out in public. And at the end of my episodes, I say, get out there, get uncomfortable and feel great. So it's time for me to get uncomfortable again and get out there and start yes, speaking. Yes. We often give <laughs> advice that we really need to hear, don't we? Sometimes I catch it. I do catch it sometimes. I'm like, oh, maybe you should get out there. I mean, this, believe it or not, even after five years of doing the podcast, I still get nervous. I still get nervous going in and doing it. So 
That counts, right? That counts. It does count. It's uncomfortable every time. That does count. But getting out there counts a little more. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fine. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Heather Hansen, your company, Advocate to Win. I want to say advocate, but it's advocate because it's a it's a verb, right? That's right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for a grammar lesson for today. So today we're talking about self-advocacy, leadership, communication, and conflict. And that's something as interior designers, as small business owners that um, we need to learn. Mm. And we deal with daily, sometimes with our interior design clients, our less than happy interior design clients, or what have you, for the conflict part and advocating for ourselves and being a good leader to our team and even for our clients on a project or for our trades and subs. So let's dig in. And the first thing that we were discussing about in the green room is why? Why do you say that we have to be our own best advocates? I think that, so my background, I was a trial attorney. And oh, cool. yes. And for 20 years, I spent my days in the courtroom and my clients would often say, I wish you could do it for me. You know, I wish you could testify for me. I wish you could say what I need to say because you say it so well. But the thing is, the jury didn't want to hear from me. They wanted to hear from them. And your listeners as owners and CEOs and founders of their businesses, your clients want to hear from you about prices. Advocating is selling that your team members want to hear from you about any changes you're making. Advocating is leading. Um, and when you're in conflict, you have to be the one to handle the conflict as well. And oftentimes we want to say, well, let me hire a salesperson. Let me hire a PR person. Let me hire people to do my advocating for me. And as you grow, of course, that makes sense. And I'm not saying that's not helpful and necessary, but you oh, need God. to be able to do it yourself because no one can do it better than you can. You know, the timing of this couldn't be more apropos because I literally, I mean, just before we had this conversation, well, I actually went to McDonald's in between the meetings here, but that's another story. I had a meeting with my agency coach and we were talking about me doing the sales because I have been doing them for some time. And I was telling him, I really, I don't like doing the sales. I don't want to do the sales. It's just one of those things I just don't like doing so much for a lot of reasons. A lot of us don't like sales. And he said, yeah. well, you know, how many agencies out there have someone in doing the sales that specialize in interior design with an interior designer at the helm who can relate to potential clients on sales calls and speak what they, you know, from experience and know what they're talking about. That's, you know, you just get a salesperson in there. That's what differentiates you, That's you know? Right. And I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I do think that there are some people who have salespeople who are very good at it, who understand the business. Oftentimes they've worked with the leader for a very long time and are, you know, sort of an integral and founding member of the business as well. But in general, I mean, Darla, only you know what you're willing and unwilling to do. Only you know whether that person is a connection for you. Only you know your heart's desires and your greatest wants and your needs and, and what makes you mad and what isn't going to work for you. And so it really is, you know, advocating is selling and it is a, a different form of selling. It's a very specific kind of selling, mm -hmm. but it is something that you are not well served by trying to outsource until you've really mastered it yourself first. And that makes a lot of sense. And I did have a little bit of relief there when you were saying, I'm not saying you can't do it eventually as you scale. So I was like, I don't know if you heard me. I said, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but I do agree. I, and even when I was talking to my, my agency coach that it makes me a better leader, stronger leader, a, a better person 
more comfortable in my own skin. But I, I do struggle. I do struggle with self-advocacy sometimes. Am I, and I know I, English is a first language. If you're just listening, I just had my veneer fixed yesterday, so my mouth's still a little swollen. It makes a difference. <laughs> but I know how important it is and how, how important it is, not even as a business person, but just in everyday life. Friends, yes. family, for your children, your husband, your wife, et cetera. And for your own self-esteem um, and value and standing in your space on this world. That's right. Right. So what are some other examples of being an advocate for yourself that you can think of that we, we need to work on as business owners? Well, it's really everything you just said. So the definition of advocate is someone who public, well, if it's a noun, it's someone who publicly <laughs> supports something that's advocate. The verb is to publicly support something. The way that I like to talk about advocating is twofold. It is helping people believe what you want them to believe. And it is asking for what you want in a way that makes you likely to get it. And so it encompasses knowing what you want, asking for it out loud and with delight and mastering the art of the ask. So that means it is part of leading. It is part of parenting. It is part of being a partner. It is part of asking for raises. It is part of asking for promotions. All of those things are advocating. And the better that you get with at it and the more comfortable that you get at it, the better you will be at it and the easier your wins will come. It is a skill that no one teaches you. You yeah. know, I learned it a little bit in law school. I had my psychology degree before that. And then in the courtroom is where I really learned it. And my superpower was teaching my clients how to get up into the witness Stand, turn to the jury and advocate for themselves and what they did. And when they did that well, not only did we win the cases, but also they would go back to their lives and call me up years later sometimes and say, my relationships have changed. My business has changed because the things that you taught me, I use everywhere. That is amazing. And I don't know if you're aware, but I used to be a cop before I became an interior designer, I before I became a marketer. So I'm thinking, how can you... What are the steps? What do you? What are the steps that you take to teach someone to be an, a better advocate for themselves? Let's say, <laughs> I was thinking, when you put them on the stand and they won their case, like this is why I murdered this person. Let me just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what are some of the steps if you're listening and people are cringing, you know, in their core about mm. getting out and and standing in their space and being an advocate for themselves? For maybe they're shy, maybe they have social anxiety, or maybe they have. You mentioned you were a psychologist before you, you know, you studied psychology before you mm -hmm. went to law school and became a lawyer. Maybe there's some issues holding them back. What are the first steps to take to, to build that strength to start advocating for yourself to, to get that skill set? It's the most important question, because if you don't believe, they don't believe. You know, I learned that in the courtroom. I could uh. not argue something to the jury that I didn't truly believe. So I defended doctors in medical malpractice cases. If I knew the doctor had made a mistake, I would not argue to the jury that the doctor had not made a mistake. I would argue causation, that the mistake didn't cause the damages. Or I would argue mm -hmm. damages, that the case was not worth the $10 million that the other side wanted. I had to believe first. Sure. Your audience has to believe first. And that's where I talk about, we all have our juries. They are our clients, our customers, our friends, our family. But the most important jury that you have to persuade is your inner jury. It's the part of you that chooses what to believe. And your inner jury is not there to judge you. Your inner jury is just listening to all the voices in your head and choosing what to believe. So the work that I do with my people is starting with that inner jury and helping the inner jury, the person to believe my Thoughts have value. My ideas have value. My designs have value. And once they are strong in that belief, and it's it's not um, it's fluid. 
It doesn't mm-hmm. say stay strong all the time. Okay. But once they're strong in that belief, it makes it easier to then persuade the outer jury. And a lot of that, Darla, has to do with evidence. And we can talk about how we use evidence and what evidence can be. But evidence is how we build belief. Yeah, let's talk about evidence. And when you were saying that about believing this Oh, having my own company isn't my first sales gig. I've done sales throughout my life in different jobs before I was a cop. And that, my number one requirement was I had to believe in the product. I could not sell it if I, you know, I couldn't blow a whole bunch of smoke. I had to actually believe in the product or I couldn't work there. I, I couldn't do it, which is why I do the sales now. Wingnut, mm-hmm. I believe in the product. I have to do it. I have trouble asking for the sales sometimes. That's another story. I'm working with Nikki Ralshon. Yes. But, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's a really good point that aligned with me in that way. So tell us how evidence ties in. So one of the things when I work with clients one-on-one, one of the first things I do is I send them a journal and it will have on the front Darla's evidence journal. And every day I will ask my client to collect and create evidence of what they want to believe. So for example, if I want to believe that my product, that my price is my value of my interior design or the proposal that I'm making is a certain number, I want to believe that, then how can I collect and create evidence that it is that valuable, that it actually is a good number? I can collect evidence by looking on the internet, what other people are charging, what other people are charging for similar rooms or similar designs. I can collect evidence about what I have charged in the past and what people have said about what I've charged in the past and how much value they've gotten about out of it and the testimonials they've given me. And that's the collecting piece. And so every day I will look for something that supports the belief that the price I have put on this thing is an appropriate for the value that it is providing. I will also work to create evidence by actually talking to people as you're doing <laughs> and putting that number out there and seeing what their response is. Creating mm-hmm. evidence is a lot more risky than collecting it. Collecting yeah. is a little bit more passive. You know, you're looking around you or in your past. Creating it is actually going out and doing the thing. But every day you want to find things that support the things you want to believe. And it's some days, you know, I work with a lot of women who are switching careers and yeah. or returning to work after having been in raising children. And they will say, I don't have any evidence that I'm good at this thing. And we have to look for transferable skills. You know, we have to look for, well, you might think that you don't have any evidence that you're good at sales, but you were a trial attorney for 20 years and you sold your cases to the jury. And that is evidence that you're good at selling something, just not in the same way. So what I call it playing with the evidence. Everything is evidence, data, stories, pictures, graphics, rooms. Um, you know, your portfolio is a wonderful source of evidence, testimonials, referrals, everything around you is evidence and it's how you play with it. In the courtroom, we all had the same evidence and each side would play with it and look at it from different perspectives and talk about it in different ways in order to help the jury believe what they wanted them to believe. You want to do the same with yourself and then with your outer jury of potential clients and customers. I like that. So when, as you were speaking there and you're we have a lot of listeners and a lot of clients as well that are interior designers, their second or third career. And a lot of them are so good at saying, you know, I was in marketing or I was, uh, I was an accountant. So I'm incredibly great with budgets and numbers. And they do bring that over, I think just in an organic way. And I was thinking, you know, when I was a, a cop before I did any of this, I had to sell 
people on agreeing with each other, you know, <laughs> making arrangements, someone leaving, someone staying, someone not fighting me and taking them to jail. So there, there's a lot of that in there. And th this is the first time I ever even put those two things together with you here as a guest. So thank you for that. It's so crazy how you do things for five years and someone says one thing and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> without a doubt, you were advocating every day, Darla. You oh, know, yeah. you were without a doubt. And it's funny because I waitressed for many years and the amount of transferable skills that I got from waitressing, but you don't think about it until you play with it a little, until yeah. you look at it from a different perspective. And that's a big part of advocating as well, looking at things from different perspectives. Yeah, that's crazy. I love that. I love that you just opened up a whole paradigm for not only myself, but I'm sure uh, the listeners as well. People are like, oh my gosh, she's so right. How smart is she? <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope that they're getting that aha moment. That's the goal. Yeah, hundred percent. So what is, talk to us a little bit. You said in the show notes here before we came, came on that credibility is more important for us as designers than trust. What's the difference and why? So there's a huge difference and trust okay. is fabulous, but the root of the word trust is strong and trust takes time. The root of the word credibility is to believe and you can build belief pretty quickly. So mm -hmm. again, I go back to the courtroom in the courtroom. Many of my trials were long trials, but some of them were less than a week, a couple of days. That's not enough time to build trust. I mean, come on. You can't True. build trust with someone in a few days and I'm only in front of them for a few hours, but I can build credibility. Mm -hmm. And with you, especially when you first start your relationships with your clients and the people that you're working with, trust will come. Your business is such a trust heavy business because it's their homes that people are entrusting to you. But at the beginning, it's credibility. And when I talk about credibility, I talk about a belief triangle because your people need to believe you when you make a promise, you keep it. And when you set an expectation, you meet it. Believe in you. That's when they look at your portfolio and the work that you've done and they see what you're capable of. But most importantly, and what we forget most often is they have to believe that you can help them that you understand their vision, their house, their needs, how they're going to use this room. And when you have all three, you build credibility really quickly, and then that can turn into trust. Are you an interior designer looking to expand your reach and attract more clients? Well, we've got just the solution for you. Wingnut Social is the leading social media marketing agency designed exclusively for interior designers. Picture this, your stunning designs showcased to a vast online audience, generating buzz and capturing the attention of potential clients. With Wingnut Social, you can transform your social media presence into a powerful marketing tool. Wingnut Social understands the unique challenges faced by interior designers when it comes to social media marketing. That's why they've created a comprehensive strategy tailored specifically to your needs. With Wingnut Social, you'll have access to expertly crafted content strategies, custom tailored for the interior design industry. Say goodbye to those days of staring blankly at your screen, wondering what to post next. Wingnut Social takes care of that for you, ensuring your posts are engaging, relevant, and captivating. But it doesn't stop there. Wingnut Social also provides in-depth analytics, allowing you to track the performance of your social media campaigns. Discover which posts are resonating with your audience, identify new trends, and make data-driven decisions to maximize your marketing efforts. And the best part? Wingnut Social offers personalized coaching and support. Our team of social media experts will guide you every step of the way, sharing insider tips and tricks to elevate your brand and increase your online visibility. So why wait? Take your interior design business to new heights with Wingnut Social. Visit wingnutsocial.com today to learn more. Wingnut Social, where stunning designs meet social media success. How is it that we're advocating for ourselves to relay to a client 
that we can actually help them with the thing? Is it just the synergy of the portfolio and our work and our online? Or is there a certain way that when we're actually in front of the, the carbon-based life form potential client that we're comporting ourselves, things that we're saying? Do you have any examples? Or? Yes. Okay. So this is my favorite thing to talk about because it is okay. really about seeing the world from their perspective. Okay. And so I'll give you a few examples. Sure. And again, I'll go back to the courtroom. My cases were medical malpractice defense cases. And so when, and the other side would always go first. And when they got up and they turned to the jury and said, this is a case about osteomyelitis. I saw the jury's eyes glaze over. <laughs> and there's a saying in the courtroom that if you say one word that the jury doesn't understand, they don't even hear the next 10 words you say. Oh. And I saw that happen. I saw the jurors. I could tell that behind those glazed over eyes, they were thinking, I, what the heck? I should not be here. I know nothing about medicine. I told these lawyers I know nothing about medicine. I should be home with my kids. I should be at work. This guy doesn't even understand that I'm not going to get it. And they're gone. And then I would purposefully get up, Darla, and say, this is a case about a bone infection. <laughs> and suddenly they'd be like, she can help me. Ah, do okay. my job. And you in, in the interior design business, you have your words that your people don't understand. Yep. So it's just the words that you use. You also have what's called the curse of knowledge. It's an idea that sometimes you know things so well that you forget what it's like not to know them. Yep. When you can overcome the curse of knowledge, and it's a skill, but when you can do that and speak to the people in front of you in terms that they understand and that resonate with them, you will see your sales and your client customer satisfaction go way up because you are connecting. It is truly seeing things from their perspective and speaking to their concerns instead of your own. I love that you said that because we have some clients when we bring them on for clients at Wingnut Social or digital marketing agency for interior designers who insist, and if they really want to, that's fine, on using the vernacular around interior design or using the technical terms around interior design. And our strategy, for the most part, 99 out of 100, is to bring the language down into terms that their potential clients can be comfortable with, understand, and picture themselves in the service. So that is, that you're right. That is important. And i we do that. I didn't even know we did. <laughs> and that's <laughs> well, one of the, it. one of the many reasons that you're so yeah. successful, Darla, is because oh, it is oftentimes, so I, I coach a lot of women and many times what I see is the people who want to use the big words are, need some inner jury help, need mm. some belief in themselves. And they're relying on those big words to build that belief rather than relying on some of the other things like the evidence and the, the stories that they tell themselves because they think, well, isn't that where my credibility lies? I yeah. know I once worked with an architect who was really insistent on using a lot of jargon. And sure. it was only when she finally believed that it wasn't <laughs> going to do her a, a service. And she started changing the way that she talked to her people that her entire business changed. Yeah, I love that. And I hope that if you're out there listening to this, that that really struck home with you, because that's so important, because it's not about you, you know, and, and living up to that certain, whatever it is that you think in your head that you have to live up to, like with the inner jury voice, or, you know, what you were talking about, it, it, it really is about how can you be of service to them and putting yourself in their shoes and making them comfortable with what you have to offer. I love it. I'm I'm glad that you put it in that way again, another paradigm shift. So all right. So in practice, I love the idea of doing the journal the journal and building the evidence and everything. This is terrific, terrific stuff. So when we are in front of a client and we're advocating for ourselves, let's say we have a client that 
maybe not everything's going the right way, or maybe everything is going the right way, but they just happen to be a particular pain in the client. Mm. How do we stay composed under those circumstances, still advocate for ourselves, but, you know, still maintain a client relationship? Or are we just saying, you know, bug off? You know, <laughs> well, bug off is the last resort. So in my, um, I have two books and in my second book, one of the chapters is on argument. And I always say argument is the last resort because yeah. you very rarely persuade someone to change their mind by arguing with them. The best time that argument is appropriate is when there's a third party deciding the issue. So if you are against another firm and you're sort of competing for the work, you might want to argue with the other side's contentions or with the stories they're telling because it's a third party deciding. But when you're talking to a client, argument and saying bug off is the last resort because chances <laughs> are it's not going to end well. You want to start with what we've been talking about and seeing it from their perspective. Mm -hmm. One of the things... There are so many opportunities to see things from others' perspectives, see evidence from other perspectives, see arguments from other perspectives, and it makes such a difference. So I often have people when they are in conflict, and I put this in quotes, with their clients to do an exercise where they write out the story where they are the victim, which is how we often see ourselves when yeah. we are in conflict. And then I ask them to write the same story of the same facts and make themselves the villain. And then I ask them to write the same story with the same facts and make themselves the victor. So it's the villain, victim, victor exercise. Because when you can see where the other person might see you as a villain, it makes you a little bit less angry. It makes you a little bit more empathetic. Mm -hmm. It makes, it changes your energy completely. Angry energy is really not usually very compelling. And it allows you to find more ways to sort of meet in the middle. I also, though, know that that's, first of all, very hard in the moment. Right. And there are times when you still feel as though this isn't fair. They're not seeing the things the right way. They're not treating me fairly. And one of the things that has been coming up time and time again in the membership that I run is, what do I do when my voice raises or I start talking too fast or my voice gets all breathy because I'm feeling all angsty inside or God forbid, Darla, I start to cry. That's like, <laughs> oh my God. And I am a crier. And Same. so when I get mad, I do cry. When I get frustrated, I cry. And so in those moments, there's two things. One is to recognize that shaky voices still win trials. Crying voices still win trials. And so it's not the end of the world. And sometimes right. it's actually depends on the situation, but it, sometimes it serves you to show that vulnerability, to show that you have feelings, to show that you're emotional about something. So that's number one. And the second thing is I use breathing exercises to get myself in the moment, to make sure that I am, you know, really breathing deep. There's something called jinshin which is an mm -hmm. ancient Japanese art of acupressure, where you grab your thumbs and apply some pressure that sort of calms you down. And those are some things that I will do in those moments of conflict so that I can take a step away and maybe later do the victim, villain, victor exercise and gain a different perspective. I was going to say, if you're on a, on a site and a client comes to you and you're having a little bit of a conflict, excuse me one second, write, write out your little stories yeah. and come back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> come back That's when you want to grab that thumb. The, uh, the injunction, <laughs> so the thumb is for general anxiety and you can just grab, you want to grab your thumb with the hand on the other, the other hand and just right. apply some pressure. Just and like this? 
yes, exactly like what you're doing. And you can do okay. it on either side. And there's nerve endings in the thumbs that correlate to anxiety, which has always made sense to me because I was a thumb sucker. And so <laughs> I was like, well, that's why I thought sucked my thumb because all those nerve endings. And what's interesting, I'll just finish the Jinshin story because people sure. enjoy it. Um, every finger has different meaning in Jinshin. So the um, pointer finger is for fear. The middle finger, quite appropriately, is for anger. <laughs> the um, ring finger is for sadness. Okay. And the pinky finger is for trying too hard. And they spell out fast. So thumb is general anxiety. Okay. And then it's fear, anger, sadness, and trying too hard. And I don't know if it all works. Like, I'm not <laughs> totally versed in Jinshin, but I know it slows me down. Mm -hmm. It brings me back to awareness. It allows me to recognize that I am in my body and in this moment. And that sometimes will calm the breathiness and the tears in my voice and the raised voices. Well, if you believe it works, right? Totally. That's, <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. If you believe it works, it works. I'm going to start trying that. I do the Navy SEAL breathing technique. I don't know if you're familiar with your, you inhale for four, whatever count, then you hold it, exhale for for the same amount of count, hold it at the bottom. And that helps me a lot. I did that a lot at the dentist yesterday. Yes. <laughs> I was shaking in the chair, but it, it helped. It did help calm me down. For sure. Heather, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you on this fascinating subject um, that you think the audience needs to hear before we get into the what up we know? No, I don't think so. I think that as long as the audience understands that this is a skill that you can master, just like any other. And when you do, everything gets a little easier. Leading, selling, dealing with your inner thoughts, it all gets just a little bit easier. I love it. Oh, and if you want to see the thumb exercise, make sure you go over to YouTube to watch us on Designed by Wingnut Social. Then you can you can see this amazing Jinshin's thumb exercise and you're, you'll be healed in seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All your problems gone. <laughs> That's it. Win, you'll win the lottery as well. All right, Heather Hansen, now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I am. I am. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Build Belief. Very excellent and apropos. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food forever. What is it? So this one I was really torn on, but I'll have to say perfectly ripe, has to be perfectly ripe peaches. Oh, that's a nice choice. I like it. But if they're not perfectly ripe, they're mealy and terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're either perfect or they're no good at all. So they have to be those perfect ones. Well, you know, this is whatever we want. So those conditions can be met. There there's, there's no issue with that. I like that. I do like a nice peach. That's nice. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. To Sell is Human by Daniel Pink. To Sell. Okay. Why? Why has that affected you? It, it is very... Dan Pink is, has a background as a lawyer as well. And he okay. talks about how everything we do is selling. And I talk about everything we do is advocating. But it very much... Re, when you were talking about when you were a cop and you were selling things, that's the premise of that book. And he's mm -hmm. a fabulous writer. It's an oldie, but a goodie. And your audience will love it. Okay. I'm going to definitely check that out. Do you know if it's on Audible? It is. is there, okay. Perfect. Right up my alley. All right. Heather Hansen of Advocate to Win. Please tell us where we can go to find out more about you and your awesome soft services. And we'll call it a day. Advocate to win.com. And I do have there, if you go there, you will find mm -hmm. a tab for the membership. And I am, I started a membership this summer. So we still have the founding members going on. So it is a monthly membership. There's a group of phenomenal women in there. We meet every week. I provide courses and content, and it's a great way to learn to advocate at a lower price point than my one-on-one -on -one coaching. And that's at advocate to win.com. Yes. I think you're going to get some takers for that. This I has been a, that. an amazing episode. Heather Hansen, thank you so much for joining us. Darla, thank you for having me.
All right, Heather, thank you so much for joining us and good luck at Luann Live. That thing is amazing. And if you guys haven't signed up for Luann Live, go to, over to luannnigera.com. I'm sure they're still selling tickets. I believe the event is in November. I've been to them. I've emceed them. It's jam-packed, incredible. And I went to the very first one, so I can only imagine how much more in-depth and involved and better than they are now. Uh, I'm, I will not be there this year, but I will be there again in the future, hopefully, if Luann doesn't kick me out <laughs> or tell, them, tell the bouncers to stop me at the door. I would love to go back, but it's just not going to happen this year. But I, I would go again um, after that really quickly. Just this year, I have a conflict. So good. So invaluable for your business. It's an investment well spent. And you can see Heather, my goodness, She's going to MC and pick her brain. Wouldn't you? Don't you want to pick her brain? Head on over to advocatetowin.com and, and take her up on her on her group, on her coaching. Goodness gracious. She really impressed me. I like her a lot. I even, Luann and I are friends. So I even sent Luann a Voxer. If you know Luann Nigeria, you know that that's how she communicates via Voxer. And said, my gosh, where'd you find this lady? She's amazing. Good. Congratulations on, on getting her to MC your event. Anyway, I'm already fangirling. <laughs> Big fan, Heather. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Guys, head on over to Advocate to Win to check out Heather and all the awesome sauce she has going on. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, remember, if you want to see the thumb exercise, here we go. I'm talking to my YouTube audience. Head on over to Designed by Wingnut Social on YouTube. Actually, you know what, Heather? I don't think that that's, um, what do you call it? Uh, placebo. It actually, maybe it is because I think it's going to help. It actually it does calm you down, squeezing the thumbs. Who knew? Well, I guess Jinshin people knew. So, guys, that's it for today's show. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, or wherever. Just send up smoke signals, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, remember to tune in next week. I know we've been a little slack on the Monday mini-sode for the mini-news-ish. Um, I'm just taking a little bit of a break in the summer while it's slow and getting myself a little bit of bandwidth. But they're coming back. Uh, don't worry. I'm just slowing down a little bit. So if you're like, where the hell is my mini-news? Um, they're coming back. And I know that um, we've done a couple here and there, but they are, they are coming back. So don't despair. It's just slow. It's summer. Some are slow. Let's enjoy our lives. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for today. Remember, until next time to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social. But that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Yeah, I used to... Um I'm getting off and I'm hot flashing here, so I'm going to have to open up the door. Hold on, this is an edit. <laughs> <laughs> she was a trial attorney for 20 years, and now she combines her experience in the courtroom with her psychology degree, med meditation training. La uh, yeah, wait, where was I going? Sorry, edit. Sorry, sorry, Nicole. Good boy, Mango.